0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. Welcome to a new edition of Believe in Surfing, alongside former pro surfer Omar Echeverry. I'm Cyrus Sotsis. O-Dog. How you doing, brother?
2: I'm doing great, man. Just another day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're that
2: good? <laughs> uh, no, man. No sun's out. Um, there's no waves. That, that part sucks, but hopefully winter will kick in. Mother Nature, come on. Bring it.
1: I've been hearing, a, yeah, quite a few complaints about that. Like, I've been so busy that I just haven't been in the water that much, but I've been hearing a lot of gripes, man. It's been a flat fall. Usually November, is it signals the start of some Mac and swells and great offshores, and it's been nothing, huh? No, Lake been, Pacific?
2: Yeah, it's been strange. You know, I would love to hear like a, you know, a scientist, meteorologist breakdown of global warming and, and swell because, dude, I don't know, man. It's just strange. I can't figure it out. I've read it's, just, it's changing.
1: I've read conflicting. I've read literally conflicting reports. I was, I read one report that said global warming is going to create larger waves. Then I've read another report that said global warming is going to cause higher pressure systems, which results in less storm systems, which results in less waves. So uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah, you're right. We, that would be a good guest idea to have on the show. That'd be great. Um, and do, you
2: ever, do you ever feel like they um. Uh, Like a lot of the reports conflict each other. Like I, I don't know. Yes. Comes to global warming, I just feel like it's so new, obviously, and and unknown that I just feel like everyone feels lost. It's a it's a shitty feeling.
1: Yeah, and and another detriment too is that you have a lot of scientists who keep saying, giving timetables. Like if we don't do something in ten years, if we don't do something in twenty years. And that's so, and that's hurting the cause now in terms of raising awareness and actually taking action. Because all the the deniers, and more importantly, all the people who fund the deniers, meaning the fossil fuel industry and other corporations that make plastics and rely on these fossil fuels, um, they look at these timetables and they're like, "Well, Al Gore said in ten years this is going to happen. It hasn't happened. You guys are full of shit." And so these timetables are starting to kind of become a detriment in terms of trying to. Again, raise awareness and make people aware of the fact that you know this is real. This is happening. It's man-made, and it's going to have some very severe implications sooner or later on the planet and all all of our lives and our health. And uh, you know, so yeah, I. I, But anyways, yeah, it's going to affect waves one way or another. And I do see conflicting reports a lot. So.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> huh? You yeah, know, even, and and uh, you know, obviously they're talking about the water quality. Um, I saw a wetsuit company release like this futuristic wetsuit and that was so like I read. I read about it and I got frightened. Mm. I literally, I, I, I stopped reading. <laughs> I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, can read the temperatures and the toxicity, uh, toxicity levels of the ocean. I was like, dude, this is uh, too much reality for me. <laughs> go crack a beer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, go well, uh, Herb, so. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, surfing goes on one way, one way or the other. You know, they say the show goes on, the old Hollywood, Hollywood cliche that applies to at least pro surfing as well. Yes. Um, so, so you're mentioning the WSL, which is the governing body for professional surfing. They released the schedule for next year. Is that right? 10 events?
2: Yeah, they did this huge hype press release about the um, next year's tour. Um, it it looks great. You know, I mean, they added one event, uh, G-Land in Indonesia, that's super cool. So East Java, that's mm-hmm. an old school event that used to be on the, the tour a long time ago. Insane, insane wave. Um, and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. That'll be super fun. Other than that, you know, when I really analyze this um, this event schedule, it's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, you start out in the Gold Coast, you go to Bell's Beach, you go to Margaret River, you go to G-Land, that'll be the, the change up. Then you go over to Brazil, um, South Africa, Tahiti, Um, Freshwater Pro is still on the schedule. You know, that's a big debate and obviously a big controversy. Um then you uh, jump over to France and then Portugal and then Pipe Masters. You know what? My my big gripe on this one is is I I I do miss uh the Rip Curl search events. I mean, like you you didn't know where it was gonna be. It always said, you know, to be announced. A lot of people in the industry always knew where these events were gonna be, but I don't know, maybe they could um I don't know change it up a little i don't know there's so many good ways i mean i know it's a challenge uh to do events and the logistics obviously um you know when we talked to grant how gnarly it is in our last interview with grant washburn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i mean mix it up i don't know it's just the thought
1: well i, I feel like that the, you were talking about the rip curl search events which for years they would basically you're right they would move the event from location to location it wouldn't be the same set spot and I feel like it, the demise of the search events started when they decided to focus less on the quality of waves and they started to focus more on where can we take this that has the most marketable appeal, right? And so they had like search events in New York one one year. You don't have good waves there. You're obviously going to be creating a ton of hype and getting a lot of attention, but the waves at Rockaway are just not good. You know, they're <laughs> okay, but they're not great. They're not world-class. And then you had another year where you commentated the event. We've talked about this in previous podcast they had the rip curl search event in san francisco again ocean beach does produce great waves but it's certainly not desirable i mean it's like a massive paddle battle just to get out there it's cold most of the time i mean so so you know rip curl was starting to go down this road and, and taking this angle of where can we t- hold these events to increase you know marketability of rip curl itself and surfing And then like that failed you know and i never saw another search event after that it kind of just folded so i I, i'm with you yeah i wish they did have it like where would you like it to be held like would you have a good idea for them?
2: gosh you know there's so many places throughout i mean central america is just a hot spot nowadays obviously they did one there in uh bar uh, de la cruz in um uh, mexico that was one of the first uh, search events which is insane like that that event was so sick Super controversial, but really cool. Um, you know, there's so many places, to be honest. I mean, there, there's it's it's a challenging event to do. But man, yeah, Central America, South America, Northern Cal. I mean, it, dude, all over the world, dude. Yeah, there's good waves.
1: I wouldn't mind if they even like like went the cold water route. You know, they, I never see them actually pick cold water spots for these major events i think jay bay was like really the only spot they would go to and and there was only i think it was only cold isn't isn't a warm part of the year down there where you don't need wetsuits and then part of the year you do or maybe it is cold 24 7 you would know better than i would but they don't yeah you don't see cold water spots but there's a lot of amazing waves in cold water spots right like i wouldn't mind seeing an event in ireland no, you, you know might. alaska
2: Yes. No. You're 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 totally on point. I mean, you had the lane. They did it. The Coldwater Classic was uh, one year. Yeah, a championship tour event. One year. Um, but that was probably the coldest water. Yeah, um, I mean, Margaret River is pretty cold. Bells Beach is pretty cold. J Bay, but I mean, not like cold, cold, like what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, San Francisco, <laughs> Santa Cruz. Um, yeah, Ireland, all these places that I yeah, there's cold and cold, cold, right? Yeah, what about yeah. New Zealand? There's a spot too. New Zealand's insane.
1: That might be a good compromise because that's not a freezing spot, right? But there's still some amazing world-class waves there. Um, oh, yeah gosh, the- you
2: make... They make millions, dude. Put on a wetsuit.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know. I wonder if that's like what the reasoning is. They're just trying to coddle the surfers themselves. Uh, by the way, I, the, other, the other podcast I host on the Believe Podcast Network, it's Warriors 24 with Rick Barry, and we do a Warriors show. His son's going to come on at some point. If you look at uh, his son, Brent Barry, who's probably the most successful of all of his five kids who have uh, played professional basketball, and that alone is insane, by the way. But Brent Barry, if you go to his Twitter account, there's a picture on the on the cover of it, meaning that that, that uh, rectangular photo at the top of uh, Twitter accounts, of and that picture is Mackin. Like, if that's Brent Berry surfing, that's like a an overhead plus barreling wave that he's tucking into. He's got the perfect form, dude. If that's Brent Barry surfing, I'm I'm really excited to have him on. Um, I don't know why I mentioned that to begin with, but anyways, but we, hopefully Brent Barry will be a guest on the show soon. That's uh, oh, great. great. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: You really look at it. That's what you know. People who serve. It's amazing, right? I mean, <laughs> it's some sort of contagious thing in the water <laughs> and uh, in the soul that makes you serve. So yeah, that sounds it, cool.
1: It is awesome. Um, some other news here. So so Kelly Slater did this interview recently. Um, with this guy named Graham B- Bensinger. I have no idea who that is. It could be like an Australian. You know, one of these Australian media personalities. Uh, but but this guy hosts a show called In-Depth with Graham Bensinger. Or Bensinger, never heard of the guy. But he, he raised a lot of interesting things in this interview about um, the Olympics, which is going to be held next year in Japan. It's going to be the first time the Summer Olympics will have surfing. Um, interesting side note, Kelly Slater might not make the Olympics because of a cripple. <laughs> is it John John? <laughs> I mean, John John's been crippled for six months, and he still might get in over Slater. That's how good that's- he is. Isn't that crazy? I, I don't think that's a good look for Kelly up. though. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I, it might, that might be, that might be a sign you should hang it up, you know? I mean, if you if, if a guy who's only surfing half the year is still doing better than you, I mean, you're <laughs> supposed to be the greatest ever. I, but anyway, so, but Kelly, but Kelly brought up this, these two really crazy, um, points about the summer Olympics. And he said, he said the athletes going there are going to be raising a huge stink on this. One is that according to Slater, um, the cancer rates in Japan are out of control, and I don't know if it's because of Fukushima, you know, that nuclear reactor that melted down because of the huge earthquake some years ago and releasing who knows how much radiation into the ocean and air there. Um, I don't know if it's if it's just you know they have a lot of nuclear nuclear plants in general. I mean, there is that huge stereotype of Godzilla and all this all the the radiation going on in Japan. Right. Have you ever heard of that? Like you've been to Japan, right? I mean, is is that a thing? Is that a r- legit concern?
2: Uh, you know i mean they're they're so about um you know industrial revolution, you know just mm-hmm. making stuff and doing everything's amazing, like I love the culture I love japan i've been there i think five times now okay. um, and yeah, yeah, I mean there are other rumors that the water is super polluted um, uh, I, I don't you know people talk about it i don't i don't know to what degree um and why and and all of that, but I mean it's a very very you know technology driven um, you know, work hard society. Right. Um, but, but, but awesome. Like I love going there, like super respectful. Everyone is super polite. Everything's super clean. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Kel- yeah. You know, you'd have to ask Kelly and Kelly, Kelly loves to, to dive into things, right? That's what yeah. he's known for, whether it's becoming the best surfer ever or, or creating a wave pool, you know, he's, he's got one of those brains locks in and kind of dissects things. So
1: yeah. It's and, and like, so we've interviewed him six different times and he's, he's never shied away from, from controversial topics. I remember back in the, at the 2008 presidential election, I think we asked him like, who would he vote for? Um, and he wasn't shy about it. He didn't, he didn't mind Obama, but I think he, I forgot who he actually wanted, was supporting that year. He's a very libertarian individual. That's one thing I've, I've gathered from him. Um, but the other thing he raised about Japan, which in my opinion is a huge concern. Um, do you remember that movie that came out some years ago called The Cove? Yeah. Um, and the movie was about, uh, it was about like, you know, this, this, this cove. It was literally a cove in Japan. I think it's called the Teiji Cove or the Taji Cove where they round up dolphins and either slaughter them to eat, which is in itself barbaric. I mean, that's like, that's like a caveman savage type thing. I do not understand Japanese culture in this regard, uh, yeah. or the, or they sell them to amusement parks, right? Um, right. But the visuals from that documentary were just gruesome. I mean, the, I mean, if you see this thing and you're not grotesque by it, you have a very humanitarian issue inside your soul. I mean, there's, there, that's a, it's a very cold-hearted visual of seeing these dolphins, which are known for being highly intelligent. I mean, they communicate with each other. That is about as blatant of a sign of intelligence as you're going to find. And the Japanese just slaughter them. I mean, the Japanese pulled out of the whole, the, the International Whaling Commission. So they're just out there killing whales sentient beings. Um, so, Kelly's, so Kelly in this interview said that, uh, that not just him, but a lot of athletes are going to be raising a huge stink about this because I don't think the world's doing enough. You know, Japan's just slaughtering whales and dolphins and no one seems to be doing a thing about it. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's challenging, though. You know, you go into any culture, though, and it's like some things are so embedded in cultures and mm-hmm. religion it's, it's a challenge. I mean, yeah. and, and that's one that's embedded in their culture and that is eating those types of food is totally normal, you know? Um, so it, yeah, it's, but it, yeah, that movie was so gnarly. The cove. It I, is I, actually like, I had a full stomach ache for a while after watching that scene. Oh. <laughs> I, know, like, I had a weird one on that. That thing was insanely crazy. But, um, but, but I mean, that's tough. I mean, you know, you have, you have some cultures that, that believe, you know, when you throw trash in the ocean that, that, you know, God takes care of it. I uh, mean, it's, 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 it's a
1: challenge that our world uh, has to deal with. Um, it's just ignorance. It's just pure ignorance. That's all it up. is, you know? And tra- tradition is not an excuse for doing uh, evil. You know, it's not. Like, that's crazy. You're, I, I mean, you're right. It's, it's all about culture. This world is all about culture. And there's a lot of different cultures. And, you know, some of them are, have some weird rules and some weird customs. But, you know, eating and killing whales and dolphins, man, I mean, it's almost like if you told me like some, some, some culture had a tradition of killing a baby for every 100 born. Well, it's a tradition, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Every hundred babies, we kill one and eat it. You know, it's just what we do. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I don't, I mean, this is, I don't, there's nothing valid about that. It's just wrong. I don't know. It's crazy. So good for Kelly and good for those athletes. If they raise a stink, I hope they do
2: i hope they do too man that's, that's that's scary But and yeah issues in the world i mean burning garbage dude the list is so, the laundry list is so long it's like, dude
1: of all the wrong them. things in the world like all the oh problems? my gosh yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: there's stuff that people do out of you know that are, are destroying the world
1: but oof. that <laughs> drives you she- completely insane yeah oh my gosh right i haven't burned uh. garbage
2: in at least a couple of weeks dude How about you? Did you say burn garbage? Yes, burn garbage.
1: (laughs) Do you really do that? A lot of cultures do that. No, no, I'm totally totally joking. No, I do not. I I don't. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, part part of it is I'm so tired right now that I was actually (laughs) believing it, but. yeah. So you still, but I mean, you've been all over the world. I mean, the moment you leave the U S that's one of the first things that sticks out is most cultures in the world burn garbage. That's what they do. <laughs> I know.
2: I know it's crazy. Dude. Oh man. It's crazy. I remember it being on a, a boat trip in Indonesia and I, 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 I woke up at like three in the morning, jet lagged, take a piss. And you know, a lot of times you just kind of, you know, throw the slong over the side and start peeing. And I look and there's garbage. Like like all around the boat. And Everywhere. I was like, oh yep. yeah. And the guy was just throwing all of our garbage over the the side. And I was like, Whoa. I thought the garbage cans were to keep it in. <laughs> but apparently <laughs> at three in the morning they dump all the garbage. Um, which yeah, I was like, Well, I think I was like I think I was like twenty or something. I was shook. I was like, Oh man, that's just gnarly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll shift gears on you to something a little more lighthearted. Um, have you ever heard of a company called Blue Star Alliance?
2: You know, they're all over the news. I haven't dove into it, but they just purchased Hurley. I'm yes. so curious what they're going to do with it. And Hurley has one of the gnarliest, probably the gnarliest lineup of athletes in the sport of surfing.
1: They do, and, yeah. I mean,
2: ac- across the action sports. I mean, you really look at it. It's like skating. Um, gosh, everything, snowboarding, dude, you name it. So it's scary.
1: I wonder, yeah, like, uh, like on the men, like I think Chloe and Dino, for example, represent, representing the United States in the next year's Olympics for surfing. Uh, he's represented by Hurley, Carissa Moore, Lakey Peterson, w- numbers one and two in the world rankings on the women's side of the WSL. They're represented by Hurley. Um, I mean, you're right. They have an A-list lineup of athletes. My guess is two-thirds of them are not going to have a sponsor after this. That is how this goes usually. I mean, I, I mean, I know we laugh, which is kind of cruel, but um, I know. but it's true. But it's true, man. I'm still laughing. It's not. Uh. Well, that, well, I love, I love how
2: formulated it is. Like, and in, in what I've seen in my life is that they come in and they actually don't rock the boat for like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. like, Oh no, we're going to keep them. For like a few months or yeah, like yeah and then yeah one year goes by and you're like whoa that was a, a clean house just everyone's <laughs> gone <laughs> <laughs>
1: um well so it, it does make you wonder why nike sold it in the first place i mean that's that's kind of curious to me but yeah so blue star alliance owns bb total woman's line of clothing right right i think uh brookstone that weird store in the mall that has all the like the, the massage chairs and stuff like that yeah uh, I'm trying to. A lot of these I've never heard of. Kenzie Girl, that name sounds familiar. They own them. Um, English Laundry, whatever that is. They they have, they own like I don't know twelve brands or something like that. Just random clothing and retail brands. And now they own Hurley, whatever that means.
2: I <laughs> know. I know. I know. I I, know I, I, I got I got um, fired once too, mid contract. Um, it was uh, I do. I was I was sponsored by Ocean Pacific. Yeah, when OP. They're, when they're on, yeah, OP when they're on their comeback and then a company purchased them and yeah, cleaned house. <laughs> well, no, they kept, they kept like two athletes and they literally fired everyone. Everyone was in the middle yep. of a contract too. But I mean, you, you know a lot a lot of contracts have loopholes, so they
1: Oh, they life. found a loophole to Well, well, well yeah. just to, to just so enlighten everyone else. So OP used to be a very prominent surf brand. And OPA four stands for Ocean Pacific, and then they sold or, or or developed an exclusive, uh, branding licensing deal with Target. Is that right? Is that who they or or Walmart? No,
2: Walmart. Uh, it was Walmart. Oh, Walmart. Yes. Yeah. Oh my
1: God. Oh, I know. So- I know.
2: You know what the scary part is? Um, I talked to a friend who actually pulled it off. So they were a clothing designer when it was like a core company, and when it uh, shifted, they kept their job, and they're still there. And they're telling me the numbers. I couldn't believe it. I looked it up online. It's one of the best selling clothings in America. Oh, I'm sure. What? I'm sure. OP through Walmart though, of course. Yeah, because
1: right? Walmart's huge. Yeah. They're I mean, you have a lot of landlocked people who want to, you know, they're, I mean, they're literally posers if you're out there buying OP, but you don't surf. I mean, that's that's what you are. I'm not necessarily hating on you, but that's what the term means. But yeah, it's right. it's, it's, it's turned into a total poser brand. Um, and yeah, you used to be rep by them. Uh, the, the owner and founder of Believe, the Believe Podcast Network, Braun Hewson, I think was on the team with you when this he happened. Was. He was. Um, he, he,
2: helped, he helped get me on that team. He was like kind of running things there.
1: <laughs> that's like, crazy. You he, know, he, just, was, he
2: was the man.
1: He was the man. And it's crazy. We're going to get Braun on the show soon just for the simple reason if for nothing else. He, I was on the phone with him a few days ago, and he told me that he actually won a WQS event uh, some years ago in Morro Bay. Did. I never knew that. That's cr- yeah. that's a, that's an impressive achievement. I mean, winning an actual a surf contest, the the achievement at the QS level. That's. I mean, have you ever done that?
2: No, no. My best was third in in a QS final.
1: Did Sean so, Burrell I, ever do that?
2: Um, he got second in one. Okay. Um, he got second. Kieran won one.
1: Well, Kieran None doesn't count. Kieran Kieran was amazing. I mean, that, that's yes. a whole. Yeah. Kieran won born. two. He won two. Oh yeah, he won the Coldwater Classic one year. I thought he didn't. He won yeah. Miraz- mirazaki in Japan. Um, yeah, but that was our crew. That was our tight little crew. Did and, and, and Homer Hanard yeah. ever win? um No, he did not. Yeah, that's true so. That's your crew. Yeah. So Braun is the only one that that actually held the trophy. Right? It was on the <laughs> he did, podium. He did dude, he? Did that's crazy.
2: I think he had multiple. Yeah, got we- Yeah, he 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 had a great career. That guy really
1: still it. does. Still does. Now he's owning <laughs> yes, he does. the Believe oh, Podcast yeah. Network. Good for you, kid. Um, uh, so okay so before we go uh we have a guest this week but it's not someone that is a new guest uh we interviewed him a few years back it was, it was i was actually solo so Odog, oh, i don't know why you didn't come this day so i had the opportunity to interview or we had the opportunity to interview edward norton legendary actor think of fight club if nothing else he has this new moving out movie out called um what is it called something brooklyn uh motherless brooklyn yeah i think that's a movie yes um but what most people don't realize is that edward norton is like a huge surfer he loves to surf i mean he he knows of like a secret spot near bolinas here in the bay area he surfs like apparently routinely in montauk and travels the world catching waves um yeah why didn't she come that day do you remember like it was just it was at one of the hotels in san francisco
2: i can't i don't i can't remember traffic car broke down hungover <laughs> probably hungover <laughs> probably hungover dude. For sure. Uh, so that's anyways. Um, but, but what a legend. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just looking, getting ready for the show. I, I, you know, did a little bit of research about him and a surfing. Man, like <laughs> he mentions it in like every interview. <laughs> that's every like, interview. For me, I'm like, what? Like everyone's like, so what's your secret? Surfing. Like it's like, whoa, like you know, which is, I think, such a cool aspect of the sport, not just the sport, but the spiritual part of surfing. You right. Know, he's obviously found it, um, which is super cool. And I mean, yeah, the guy's a legend. American History X, like, gosh, dude, yes. his, his, um, you know, list of movies is just insanely amazing.
1: I agree. Yeah. And, and he's a very thought, thoughtful person. You know, you don't see that in Hollywood every day. And so, yeah, so a few years ago, I sat down with him and um, we talked surfing, and that was it. Uh, and, and and we'll wrap the show up with that interview. O dog, thank you as always. I'm sorry you're not a part of this interview. We I missed you. I wished you were there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But it was it was an awesome experience. So all right, O dog. Well, we'll talk again for the next episode. And uh, always a pleasure, my man. All right, brother. You beautiful. And here's Edward Norton on the Believe in Surfing podcast. A few years ago, this movie came out as a documentary called Busting Down the Door, really exposed a revolution in surfing, uh, in the, in the late seventies about the short, short war revolution. Until then it was just surfers wrote these huge logs and there was nothing in terms of uh, technical skills and whatnot. And then this movie comes out that kind of, you know, brought it more to the mainstream in terms of what, how surfing changed. And you narrated this movie. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did, how did this all happen? Like, how did you become the, the voice?
0: I met, um, I met Sean Thompson through mutual friends and, uh, and, and a friend, a good friend of mine was one of the backers of the film and he, um, he introduced me to Sean and, and they, they outlined what the film was going to be about and really, you know, I, it was so easy for me to do and I, I love surfing and I love, you know, looking at those old films and I, and I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting, as you say, it was sort of, not, not just a time when sort of, um, freestyle kind of came into surfing but but also um the whole it was the whole period where the pro tour really started and surfing went from being you know an amateur sport uh to a to a competitive sport right and um and uh and then too i thought it grappled with some of the kind of the things that people don't like to talk about about surfing like the, you know just sort of the territorialism and the right the 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 culture
1: of it a little bit and yeah, I've interviewed Sean Thompson a couple of times great guy yeah very, very uh nice, and what's your background in surfing do you surf yeah do you mind if I ask you don't have to be to give me the secret spots <laughs> but I mean like
0: um you know I I it, uh, interestingly I've got family who live in Indonesia so oh. I started going there um, many, year, wow. many years ago, and that's where I started surfing. Um, with uh, New Zealand, I met a guy from New Zealand, and you know, and started connecting on some of those different waves. Um, but, uh, but I mean, once I got really hooked on it, it it you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I don't really love being in LA all that much. Right. and When I started picking up surfing, I started actually thinking in the middle of the winter in New York, like, ah, oh, maybe I should get somewhere where there's waves. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hooked. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm lucky in some ways because I travel around for my work. So I'll kind of go, I, I get the chance to go maybe in more places than most people. Yeah, and
1: plus New York has Rockaway, Montauk is a few oh, yeah, spots. Oh, Montauk
0: in storm season is too big. Almost. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's pretty days. heavy.
1: Um, Just on a a personal curiosity level, I'm sure a lot of people who follow your work would are curious to know as well. How did you get into acting? Like, what's your background? Like, how did Mm, this all start? It
0: was was a fits and starts for me. I was interested. I loved films and theater and stuff, but I I did some in college, but not exclusively. And then when I moved to New York, I uh, I was doing other things. I was working in New York, and I found myself just kind of creeping back toward uh, the theater and almost like for a period I was kind of like moonlight I had a job I was doing things and I was never even really telling anybody that I that I was auditioning for plays and then and then when I got in I started getting in plays and and in for a while it was kind of like this thing I just did on the side without a sense of like how you try to do it professionally but then uh, I started getting so much work that that I started almost going wow this is I could almost do just this. It's
1: beautiful, man. Yeah. And you, you probably get tired of hearing this, but where do you put Fight Club in there? Because most men, President Bill Clinton even, <laughs> love that film. I mean, it's, it's oh, I, I don't never... think it's men. I,
0: I think I, one of the things I love about it is, how, is that we, I, many, many women and men, I think, relate to it. It was never intended to be a guy's film at right. all. In fact, I think that one of the things that was frustrating to us at the time was that the studio that put it out didn't really have faith in some ways that it was funny that it would be accepted as satirical that right. they 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 treated it as this guy's action kind of thing which it's so not right right and i think over time we never felt that about it and over time we were sort of gratified to find that women as as much as men really appreciated what the film was about about you know in terms of the ways that modern life makes you feel so Cocooned and and in some ways desperate. Absolutely, know? but that 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 too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that and and Stone. Someone was asking me about Fight Club and Stone movies that have ambiguous endings, and I think, you know, for me actually, films like Fight Club is a good example of a film that 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 has a highly ambiguous ending. It's very you know, you're, there's a lot left to interpretation at the end of that movie. Same with Stone, and sometimes what i learned going through the experience on fight club was that is that you've got to chill out about whether people like it 5 minutes after they saw it a tough film sometimes <laughs> is going to leave people feeling a little unsettled at the right. end or uncertain or whatever and it's going to and over time they come to appreciate that that Whereas right in the moment they can kind of be like, yeah, but what did that mean? And (laughs) um, and and you realize you have to you have to not be afraid of people saying, wait, what did that mean? That that
1: actually might be a really good thing. Absolutely, and thanks so much for the time. And actually, and and your dad's here, living in San Francisco. Greg, so you have some roots here. On 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 and off. Okay, fair fair, enough. Thank you again. Sure, Thank you.